What's up, gamers? Today, we have a very special episode of Late Night with Brian White for you in that it is two episodes, sort of, kind of. It's two minisodes from our Patreon, which can be found at patreon.com slash night, as you are so dutifully reminded every episode, usually by Brian. But this time, it's me. And I will tell you in my own voice that we have lots of cool stuff on the Patreon. If you sign up from two to three tiers, you get access to all video episodes. You get access to our weekly minisodes and backlog of said minisodes, as well as crosswords, sketchbook, mechanical keyboards, and Discord. It's very fun. I would love to see you there. So if you like these, check that out. There's a lot of them. I hope you enjoy these specific two of them. God, I'm crushing it on these bumpers. All right, play the theme song or whatever. And here we are. Wow, a mini soap. Yeah. Brian, how was Disney? Oh, Disney was actually pretty fucking great. Yeah? Uh, yeah, so we took Audrey on Wednesday. And uh, last time we were there was early May when it was still, it was like throttled capacity and masks everywhere, including outside, except in certain designated areas. Um, and a bunch of stuff was closed. And this time, uh, you know, whatever, six months later, I, there were no masks required outside, and which I think is fine. Like that seems to be scientifically based. You're fine if you're outside. <laughs> Um, unless you're in like a huge, huge crowd, which we generally were not. And uh, more shit was open. It was fucking great. We had a great time. Um, Audrey went on two, at least two new rides. We decided to try the Matterhorn, which is <laughs> most usually closed when we're there, but this time was open. Wow. And uh, Space Mountain. <gasps> Space Mountain. Yes. Audrey and went on it? Yes. With Rachel. I, I can't do roller coasters, as you know. But uh, Rachel loves them. And so apparently they went on the Matterhorn and they got in the car. And there was a woman uh, sitting in the, uh, like the whatever thing right in front of them. And she, the moment they started moving, she started going, ah, 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 <laughs> while taking like, you know, selfie mode on her phone. And oh. Rachel, it, it freaked Audrey out. And apparently she did that for the entire ride just to like get that sweet content. Um, <laughs> Rachel got off the ride and was, first of all, Audrey was crying uh, oh. because it's apparently it's pretty shaky, the ride, and it's very yeah. loud. And Audrey really doesn't like loud. Uh, mm. And they got off the ride and Rachel was like, that <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. Uh, so I think Audrey probably wouldn't have liked it no matter what, but this very, very loud woman who was just doing it for, for the gram. Oh uh, my God. I feel like bad. I've I've reached a level of just not giving a shit that that words would be exchanged. Like I'm losing my ability to keep my mouth shut, which is not necessarily a great thing. Wait, but- as in you would say something to her. Maybe. Well, it's easy for me to say that when I'm sitting inside of my home doing a podcast. It's another right. if I'm actually in this situation. But it was the same with Not Scary Farm. The guy yeah. just lit up in the middle of right, line. Right. I, I was like this fucking close. I 
I generally do not say anything for, for many reasons. Number one is I don't think it's a successful strategy. Uh, no, it doesn't work. Number two is I'm a coward. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the, the ordering might actually be reversed there. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But also it's like, I don't want to, is this worth my time? Is it like, what am I going to say that's going to change this person's mind? And because of human nature, the moment you confront someone on anything, no matter how gently the fuck you energy starts and yeah. they're more likely to dig their heels in. So Yeah, I think to be clear, I'm more in the zone where I will openly make a bad face at them, mm-hmm. whereas in the past, due to people pleasing, I would simply act like I am completely fine with everything, and I'm going to give you a little fake smile. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you didn't earn it. It's not. Yeah. No. Well, especially like on something like, Disney is such a weird place in so many ways, um, Rachel and I were talking about the people that go to Disney in their like club gear and yeah, the roving gangs of Disney. Yeah. Well, like, or like nightclub is really what I mean. Like people who are like, they, they put on all their makeup and their like mesh shirts and, <laughs> you know, like mini skirts and stuff. And I mean, mm-hmm. wear what you want. I don't fucking care, but it's just an odd choice. Like, oh, Brian, are we doing some Disneyland slut shaming? <laughs> I guess we are. Um, no, like uh, it's not just the the women. It's it, it's you know people. Although I have to say, generally, when you see someone who is wearing very fancy clothes at Disneyland, it's usually not uh, a dude. Um, but okay, like there are some choices where I'm like, is this? What? Why did you choose to wear that today? It's it the just heels baffling for me. To me. Yeah. The, the, oh, the heels. heels are the craziest ones. Cause it's like, you're going to be on your feet for eight hours today. How are, how are you surviving? I feel like those people know something we don't, you know, like they've unlocked something. Yeah, totally. Um, it's it, it, Disneyland. Susie and I were like yeah. standing around eating the quote unquote, I'm going to dill you fried pickles <laughs> from <laughs> not scary. Farm. Is that really uh, what they were called? Yeah, it was. We like went on a quest to find all these specialty food items because only oh. some of the stands had them. You got to do that's mandatory. Anytime you go to a park, you got to do it. Oh, yeah. So I, I totally downloaded the app and like gave Aaron my phone and we were like questing through the entire park to find these pickles and they were worth it anyway. But that that was when like we saw a bunch of women in high heels and then also a person with an actual baby. Um, yeah. And this was at like 2 a.m. Yeah, it's well. The, yeah, that that is that is baffling to me. Um, and again, I'm not even judging necessarily. Like, I don't know. Maybe your baby fucking sleeps all day and wakes up all night. Uh, who who knows? But uh, <laughs> you know what's going to solve that problem? Trauma. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, at Disney, you don't like you know we're only there during the day and it closes pretty early, so like little kids abound. But there's mm-hmm. they're just people making all sorts of interesting choices. Uh, <laughs> making strong creative decisions yes uh but we had a, we had a really really great time uh that for me disney here's the thing i can't go on a lot of the rides for motion sickness reasons so most of my disney experience involves waiting for rachel and audrey to do stuff and i took audrey what did i take audrey on i took her on autopia uh we all went in the haunted mansion which nice. was still in full nightmare before christmas mode oh that's um, the best Oh, actually, the best this time was Tom Sawyer Island was open. And for – have you been on Tom Sawyer Island ever? 
No, if you go there, do they trick you into painting the fences for them? <laughs> that's that's right. That's um, immersive. Yeah, it, it's it's immersive. It it is work. Um, and what it is is so you take this little raft, which is closed. Honestly, it's been open like twice, two times. We've ever been at Disney. Most of the time, it appears to be closed. And it's one of the my favorite kind of ride at Disney or ride, quote unquote ride, is the walk around and explore kind of thing. So you're not mm. in a car, you're just kind of doing your own thing. And it's an island full of caves and shit. And they are per the perfect size for a seven-year-old to explore. And so I just let her go. I was like, okay, go have fun. Uh, we walked around for a bit together. And then I said, here's the deal, honey. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you explore by yourself. If you get lost and need to find me, I will be outside. So come outside and just walk around the island. And you'll find me. And she took off. And had a great time, got a little scared, got a little lost, but uh, it's, you know, she felt like a really, really big kid because this is the first time really that I've ever just said, go for it, go have fun, I'll be here. Wow. Yep. That's wonderful. I, I'm seeing as I Google this, there, there are signs where welcome is painted like welcome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of cum. Um, Yikes! Yeah, um, it's it, it was pretty great, honestly, because there were a lot of she. First of all, Audrey, when she sees a little kid, she wants to help the little kid. Audrey has uh, extreme big sister energy, and that's so sweet. Really wants a sibling, which ain't happening. But uh, anytime she sees a littler littler kid, she will like you know, kind of bend down and talk to them and ask if they need help and kind of escort them around. Uh, she's very good with littler kids. And so she did that a bunch. And then when she saw the big kids, she's like running around following them. It was fucking, she just had the greatest time. She came out of a cave and was like, you know, covered in sweat <laughs> and <laughs> slightly upset, which is the best way to be at Disneyland. I and think the only way you can come out of a cave. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, it was so great. Uh, we did, they had canoes, which I'd never seen open while we were there. It's like the Davy Crockett canoes where you Whoa. literally paddle a canoe around that island. Hold on. If I'm paying money to go to Disney, I'm not paying to paddle my own boat. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that. I pointed those <laughs> out to Audrey and she went, what? A ride that makes you work? <laughs> <laughs> she and gets it. She gets it. And she wanted to do it. So she and I did it together and she like paddled and did a great job. Um uh, I will say people are bad at, all right. So you, the way it works is everybody in the canoe and there's like, I don't know, 10, 12 people plus the, the guide. Um, you know, so there's like six oars on one side, six oars on the other. You would fucking think that people <laughs> would try to paddle in a consistent and smooth way. And I was so mad at the dude in front of me because his rhythm was fucking terrible. This guy, this guy clearly had no sense of rhythm because he, he like his his rowing was like row, 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 pause, row, 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 row. And I was like, dude. I, and when the guy in front of you does something crazy, you have to do something crazy, which makes the person in behind you do something mm -hmm. like just s slow, consistent. That's why they have a, a coxswain like in crew, right? Stroke, stroke, stroke. Wait, you know, a what? A coxswain? What was that word? Coxswain. The coxswain is the person who makes you stroke. 
You don't know about this? No. <laughs> Look up coxswain. S- spell that word. I believe it's uh, C-O-X-S-W-A-I-N. Is that right? Oh, I didn't realize that that's how you said that word. Yes, it looks like Coxswain, yeah. but it's Coxswain. Coxswain. Are they just the one who's like row? Yep. They they okay. tell every they keep everybody on pace. Did they not have like a Disney uh version of that? Well, so they they had the guy. It was very much like the storybook cruise, which I refused to go on because the last time I went on it, the out-of-date puns were delivered so unenthusiastically that it made <laughs> me want to die. The uh this tour guide, a couple times he was like, uh, okay. You know, we're going to do three big rows. One, two, three. Even that people couldn't fucking get right. But yeah, it was, it was pretty dire. And some people, of course, just refused to paddle, which are, uh, well, I don't want to make any assumptions about what side of the political spectrum they fall on. <laughs> Let's just say that there are there are, there are some people who are relying on everybody else to do the work for them. Yeah, I, I guess I'm just thinking about a day in a life in the life of that Disney cast member who is sort of like the proxy. Um, Cox Coxon, what Cox what the, Coxon, Coxon, the yep. proxy Coxon, <laughs> the uh, Cox Prox. <laughs> uh, th- like that guy, I feel like the first two hours of the day are maybe like, okay, cool. I'm getting, I'm a, they're, they're mostly doing it together. And then by noon, they're just like, I don't know, fuck it, sink this thing. I don't care. Uh, I legitimately wonder. So if that's your job, clearly you have a more or less set pattern. I would imagine that you have to say, um, mm-hmm. because we could hear them from the Island while we were on the Island, we heard a lot of that pattern and it definitely wasn't, the same, same every time. It wasn't mm-hmm. hyperscripted, but uh, I mean, like any actor, after you've delivered the line a few times, like it's really hard to make it believable. Mm-hmm. And it is a chat. I mean, they do not have an easy job. Uh, I'm sure. And it is it fun? I don't know. Like you have to any of those rides, like the Jungle Cruise. But oh my god, the fucking jo- first of all, like I, I will. I haven't been on the Jungle Cruise in a few years. I went on it once, and I was like, "How is this still racist?" It's like, <laughs> it, and that was like three or four years ago, and it was still pretty fucking racist. Like, I was. When, have they changed it? They definitely have changed it, but it reads still very. Pr- now, look, maybe they have changed it even more since the movie came out and everything. But uh, <laughs> when I went on it three or four years ago, I was like, "This is still extremely problematic." And uh, does not feel fun and cool, but still, but but feels like a lawsuit. <laughs> I would ride the Disney lawsuit ride. Oh yeah, I think that's called uh, Disney in 1970. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you go through like the discovery process of the ride. You get yeah. subpoenaed. Um, I, I honestly, I feel like a ride set up like a lawsuit would be pretty great. That would be fun. I mean, that is a kind of more, I feel like that is Mr. Toad's wild ride is like only a hair's breadth away from lawsuit. The ride. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's more like morality play. The ride. Yeah, like, do you want to die and go to hell for your sins? The ride. 
Do you like those, like those storybook, the Fantasyland rides, which are like the Snow White, the Mr. Toad, the Peter Pan? Are those, what's your opinion of those? Um, not for me, but if I'm at a theme park and I'm sick of walking around, I will happily sit in a little air-conditioned uh, thingy and ride around on the grossest water that you've ever seen and that would immediately yeah. give you um, a brainworm if you... If it got in any of your orifices. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Um, it, are they not for you because they're literally the most boring things you could possibly imagine doing? No, it's just like, I feel like, you know, even as a kid, I didn't like them. I don't know. I always had a thing, and to this day I do, if there's any sort of those kinds of rides, like the the dark ride version where it's like, oh, it's that, but a little bit edgier. Yeah. And maybe you have like one little drop. Uh, anytime there's one where they use pyrotechnics, I am in a rictus of terror the entire time. Cause I'm like, this ride's going to stop. I'm going to be harnessed in. I won't be yep, able to get out. Yep, and yep, this yep. whole place is going up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then someday some YouTuber is going to make like a top 10 craziest theme park accidents. And like, that's what yep. my death by fire in, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, whatever immortalized yeah. forever. Yeah. Not, 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 uh, not, not a, implausible idea uh for me a lot of those rides are it's like i i feel like they're the kind of thing it is a generic theme park ride okay and especially the fantasy land rides generally from movies that came out a hundred years ago or whatever Mm -hmm. um and i feel like they're the kind of things where certain people are like okay here's why this is great which i'm all about here's why this is great like Okay, mm-hmm. if you put it in context, here's why this is amazing. I feel like for a theme park ride, you shouldn't need that. You know, <laughs> it it should just be fun or not fun. It's and, it's called an amusement park. Yeah, I would like to be amused, please. I and don't they, want to have to do a history lesson on why actually these janky ass animatronics are really cool d- because to- I love this this fucking cathedral to capitalism. Yeah, totally, one hundred percent. And look, I I appreciate that. There's probably some really cool shit from an engineering uh, or animatronic or whatever or ride design perspective going on um, feels to me a little bit like you shouldn't have to do that much work to appreciate it. And I go on them and I look, do I hate it? No, I don't hate it, but it is very boring. And so, so you can't hang with a spinny or a droppy or any sort of high octane ride, but also the rides that you can go on are boring to you. That's correct. Good job having a child. Yeah. Well, welcome to parenthood. (laughs) The, what do I like at Disney? The haunted mansion is my perfect Disney ride because it Mm -hmm. is, I mean, it's kind of the perfect ride to be honest, because it's the design is great. It's. Like it's long enough that you actually get to see things. I can understand why certain feats are impressive. You know, the ballroom is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think the haunted mansion. The haunted mansion is hands down my favorite ride at uh, at Disney because it's it, it's just fun and it looks cool. I can yeah. the same cannot be said of I'm gonna pick a ride at random Alice in Wonderland where I'm like, all right, well when I saw that movie when I was eight, I didn't like it and now I hate being in it. <laughs> yeah but at oh. least the food is great is it no <laughs> the, i will the, say it is it is getting better i think and finding certain specialty things i actually ate a couple things where i was like this is actually good but and not just theme park good 
And not just, that's right. And not just theme park good. That's right. Uh, I had a shrimp po' boy for lunch, which I thought was pretty fucking solid. That's a really bold choice. Uh, I know. Picking something for a long day of theme parking. Hey, I decided to go for it and I can't say I regretted it. I really liked it. And um, uh, I had a a lime chicken bao for dinner, which was also quite good. Mm. But uh, yeah, I'm glad I did not eat at uh, Pizza Planet because that did not look good. Yeah. Yeah, when we went to Not Scary Farm, none of us had eaten dinner, and I guess nobody else did either. So I think we spent maybe the first hour and a half just like attempting to get the saddest possible oh, food. It's so bad. It's yeah. theme park food is it's awful no matter where you are. I mean, it's they, not as bad as like carny food, which is the actual worst. Well, okay, I think carny food. I will if you present the options to me. I will take carny food over theme park food. I you know what you because might, you're, you're gonna you regret the right. carny food, but it is going to taste good going down. <laughs> I guess that is true for some of some of it. Um, it's cheaper. You will it's be definitely sick. Cheaper. You yeah. will be sick. You will consume so much grease that your body will reach a saturation point. At which point, it's going to start coming out of your pores like that yeah. one Junji Ito glycerin uh, comic. <laughs> That's carny food. But theme park food, it's like, do you want to pay seventeen dollars for two chicken tenders and they both suck? Yeah, fetch. And then you read these lists again. We we look at the specialties and like the best food in Disneyland lists and stuff, and it's like you have to you have to work to find the good stuff, yeah. which is silly. Uh, Star Star Wars Land, aka Galaxy's Edge, did feature something, and I took a picture of it. Did you say I posted this? Uh, no, no. Here, I'm gonna text you a picture of something that you can get at. What do they have? Star like Wars blue Land. milk. Uh, which I drank and was not as terrible as I expected. Here, I'm texting you. What kind a of picture? Mil- like what? What is Here. blue milk? Just a moment, I'll tell you. Here, look at the orange thing I'm sending you, and say the name. All right. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I got nothing. It should be there. I I texted. You're you're drawing my attention to the orange one, but the the red one is a little bit more interesting well, to me. Say the name of the orange one first, and you really give sure, it some sure, space sure. so we can we can get this clean. All right, so two options for drinks at Galaxy's Edge: we have some Moof juice and a lovely little red number called uh, a Fatro <laughs> with a pH. Why? Yeah, P H A T T R O. What's Moof Juice? I don't know. Uh, I'm assuming it's like iced tea, question mark. Um, <clears throat> Fatra, I don't know. So I did the blue milk is some kind of like rice milk, coconut. It is not milk. It's like rice milk, coconut, sweet, frozen thing. And not bad, actually. Not, not terrible. I thought it was literally like milk with blue food coloring. It is not that. Yeah. It, it's like a, a bad pina colada. <laughs> I just see in the top like right corner across from the move from move juice, you see the, the phrase wilted kale, which is not something I want to see <laughs> no, anywhere I near Star on. Wars Where, or Disney. Oh, oh my, yeah. <laughs> we got kid me owls avail and then wilted yeah. kale. Wilted kale. 
Maybe that's a Star Wars character. <laughs> you know, we got some Kid he's a, Fisto. And he's some a, a farmer. Wilted Kale. Yeah. George Lucas has hands down the worst character names uh, in the fucking world. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. I was also recently at, ready, Medieval Times. Wow. Yes. And ha- have you ever been to one? Of course you oh, have. Oh, yeah. Repeatedly. Um, you doubted me about a camel sneezing in my face as a child at a Medieval yeah. Times. Yeah, right. And, and then did you go when, like, everybody from the office went, uh, like, three years ago? Three I did not. Ago. I believe I wasn't invited to that. Oops. Yeah. It was great. I mean, it was great because all my friends were there, there. No, except for you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, talk about literally paying $17 for a slushie. Well, um, okay. This is what I – first of all, several things. I, I have some thoughts about medieval times. Um I have not been to one, had not been to one since I was 17. So it had been approximately 30 years in between Mm. medieval times visits. Uh, I went in with low expectations, (laughs) which were not met. (laughs) I was like, how is this fun? There, I mean, from a variety of perspectives. So perspective number one. Now, please disagree with me on all of this because I – I'm very people love this place, right? People love it. So you want me to uh steel man medieval times for oh, you? Oh, thank you. I do. Me? I, well, I want to know. I first of all, what is your opinion on medieval times? On a on a like fun, not fun, sort of fun. What's your vibe? If I was not going with a large gaggle of gamers and was not promised booze, you would not find me anywhere yeah. near the zip code of a medieval times. Great. Okay. That's I think that's the correct attitude. But of course, like what you like. Um Number one thing, first they, for, you go into that big fucking hall, mm-hmm. and I, I should have known there was a problem. I ordered a pina colada, and which, okay, yes, bad choice, I agree. Um, but you they, can't get through that shit unless you are either drunk or under the age of eight. Well, I ordered the pina colada, and they said, do you want alcohol in that? And I should have run, <laughs> but instead just said yes, and proceeded to drink Maybe an eighth of the most cloyingly gross thing I've had in years. I mean, just awful. But I was in a better position than some of the people I was with who ordered the drink in a fucking horn, which, like, the cone is not nature's most stable shape. And (laughs) they also put it on a wire stand, which falls down if you look at it funny. So... Why and so everyone I I went with that ordered a beer and a fucking curve like a curved horn, right? Yeah. All those horns did was fall over and spill all the beer. <laughs> Yet it still would have been a better choice than the pina colada. Okay. Do you think that is an intentional malicious design choice on the side of medieval times? Of oh, they're going to knock it over. That means they're going to order another one. Uh, you know what? I don't because that would involve more thought. <laughs> which clearly there is not much happening well, over the old MT. Here, here, here's my big, big okay, t- two problems I have with medieval times. <laughs> um, and, and part of it, it, it harkens Hold back on. to- let me let me, yes, let me yes, put yes, yes, thing yes, on maybe because she's, I, I was holding yes. her for a good bit of this episode and then I put her down and now she's upset. Preacher. I'm just going to wait here. I don't want to edit this part out later, so I'm just going to- Talk. So I'm looking right now while Leighton is putting 
maybe the thing I'm looking at a scented candle, which is lemon and coriander scented. 100% soy wax from, let's see, where is this from? Rachel got it. Where is this from? I don't know. I've returned. Okay. Um, all right. So here's what I was going to say. Uh, and, and this is reminiscent of the thing I was talking about with the, uh, the fantasy land rides. So yes. one of the first things you see when you, when the show comes is horses doing tricks and they're like alternating, which legs they pick up and, uh, or they're like bending down. And I have absolutely no contact context for whether or not this is impressive or not. Like, should I be like, holy shit, that horse just knelt down? Or should I be like, oh, okay, that horse knelt. Yeah, fuck, easy. I don't know. I couldn't tell you if what I saw those horses do was like, it could be the most insanely difficult thing, like dressage level shit that I've ever seen. Or it could be completely routine and it is not placed in context. And I have no idea how appreciative I'm supposed to be. It's probably not easy, but I don't know. I wish, but you're not a horse. But I'm not a horse. Yeah, like I wish someone had just said, e- even if they were lying to me, and they were like, <laughs> "What you're about to see is fucking impossible." No horse like, has ever done this before. It's about yeah. the showmanship. Like that's the whole bit of medieval times is yeah. the showmanship. Yes. You better tell me something about these horses. I don't care if it's true. I would like to be amused. One hundred percent. And just to, I mean, some art requires context. And even if the context is a lie, you have to put it there. And they did not put it there. So that was that was. Are that you was, directly contradicting yourself after we just talked about you know this shit should be cool without context? I guess I am, but that's fine. Um, right. The but 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 that I, I do think it should. There's some things that are legitimately cool without context. Like if I'm going to see a guy, I don't know, like a fire eater or something. It's fucking cool. I don't care how hard it is. It's fucking cool. I don't care how you're doing it. You're doing it, and it looks sick. That's right. To watch a horse pick up one of his hooves, <laughs> it's like, okay, if it's not cool, just innately cool, you better at least tell me the context of why it's cool. And so I'm not contradicting myself because right, the same right. thing is true about the fantasy land rides where it's like, all right, here's the thing. Okay. Here's the consistent standpoint. If it doesn't just look cool, but actually is cool, you have to tell me why it's cool. That's the, yeah. that's the through line. You know what I mean? Yeah, that feels like, you know, we've got Occam's razor and whatnot. That that's gotta be if it's if it's not immediately cool, you need to tell me why it's cool and get Occam's me- razor. <laughs> I'll accept it. Thank you. Okay. Thing number two about medieval times. Maybe the worst audio I've ever experienced in a professional <laughs> setting. All of all, all all of the dialogue, and th- there's like a fucking plot here. Like there is a capital P plot happening, and everything you hear is like, "And I saw this in the Green Knight, and the favor of the queen will show them that sword." And it's like, what? Wait, what? There's something about the queen in there, and I think she hates the Green Knight. And then a bunch of fighting happens where people, by the way, like there's a lot of impressive. This is where it got impressive. People leaping off horses and shit like there's sparks. I can appreciate that. This is probably not uh, a job without danger and skill, but at least what the what the knights are doing. But 
there's some kind of like political rivalry being presented here, which is impossible to follow without the <laughs> audio. And the audio is so bad that you can't understand it. So, yeah, because you're they really encourage you in your section to be really hyped up for your guy, but then a thing will happen and it's like, did did we win? Did That's right. Yeah, exactly. Win? And then it's further complicated because they don't want you like our guy got uh, the, he was one of he was in the first round of jousting or whatever the fuck it was. Um and got he, and lost. But then he comes back for like a losers battle or something. And it's like, okay, what is the, I wanted a diagram showing me the structure, the round structure of the tournament, because I could not understand who was, what what was going on. And again, I will say with something like this, where there are actual children there, it should not be this complicated. By the (laughs) the way, that was another thing that I thought was, this actually I did think was great. They read off the birthdays and stuff. And there was, there was an equal mix of, you know, it's like Lady Sophia is celebrating her sixth birthday. You know, Lord William is celebrating his 11th birthday. Lord Kevin is celebrating his 47th birthday. <laughs> and there were a lot of people, I'd say a third of the people were over 40 whose names were read out. Which I do love that. Is pretty dope, honestly. Yeah. I was like, more power to you if you were the like, you know, I'm 55 and fuck yes, I'm having my birthday at Medieval Times and I'm putting my name on that list. Get it. <laughs> well, Brian, I feel like maybe you had a difficult time understanding what was happening in the general proceedings just because the food at Medieval Times is so delicious that it can be pretty distracting from the main event. I was I was wowed by the tomato question mark soup. <laughs> And I feel the, like you could just call it tomato question mark. Like yeah. that's, you know what? I, I will say actually that wasn't too bad. But the chicken, why would you serve something so hot and not provide utensils? It was like scaldingly hot when we first get it. And folks at home, I can already hear you, Leighton. They don't have utensils because it's like it's medieval times. They're not mm-hmm, supposed to mm-hmm, have them. Mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. we should all be eating rotten meat because yeah. they thought you could just put salt on a meat and it's fine. So, yeah, their historical accuracy is debatable. <laughs> that it's really that argument does not stand. Oh, you can't have utensils. Fuck you, fuck you. Yeah. You all should have no teeth. We have talked about the the scene from the Cable Guy, right? Oh, which scene? Oh, it's yeah, of course we talked. Oh with my Janine god, Garofalo yeah. as the waitress. There yes. were no utensils in medieval times, so there are no utensils at medieval times. Would you like a refill on that Pepsi? Uh, so yeah, medieval times. And then I kept expecting it to get better. And look, I had a great time with the the crowd I was with. It was, it was a good collection of people, but, uh, the show itself was, let's just say not my thing. If I had to spend whatever it costs for a fucking ticket, I mean, it's not cheap. It's like 60, 70 bucks or something. Hmm. Um, uh, I can think of many better ways for me personally to spend that money. You walk into a grocery store, you beeline straight for the little hot box. You grab yourself a $5 or whatever rotisserie chicken. You go out yep. in the parking lot. That's good eats. Yeah, you can then, buy so many rotisserie, like entire rotisserie chicken. 
And you can easily start a fight with passerby <laughs> if you need to watch that while you eat your chicken. Did you hear what he said about you? Easy. Then there's your own fucking, it's not medieval times. That's like Orange County times. <laughs> oh my God. So, yeah, that was, I, I, I'm sure people are listening to this that really love medieval times. And I, I or who work at medieval times. Yeah. This is already my anxiety. Bra- I'm sorry. It's not for me. And we're being dicks for the sake of comedy. I'm sorry. I'm sure yeah, you have yeah, a lot but- of fun at your job. Or maybe you hate it. And maybe this is vindicating. I don't know. Whatever you need it to be, that's what it is. We, I, I will say that. Look, obviously people can like what they like. Who cares? The fact that we don't like it doesn't really make a whit of difference to anyone else. And nor should it. Um, but I will say the people there, the the crowd... People were not monsters. Like generally people were cool and respectful and not being dumb idiots, which I was not what I expected. I was like, oh, here we go. Medieval times, people are going to be, you know, awful. And they really were not. The crowd was generally pretty great. Hmm. Um, Probably has something to do with the fact that there are a lot of kids there, which is, you know, maybe makes people chill out a little. Well, let's, let's. It's one thing to shit on something um, because it's not what we want it to be. How do we workshop medieval times? How do we make this a better experience? I have a recommendation. Yes, hit at me. the beginning of the night, you get you you get assigned to your zones or whatever mm-hmm. the hell. You get mm-hmm. your red zone. You get mm-hmm. your green zone. But then I think there also needs to be a wild card where maybe they put like a star on your seat or something, and mm-hmm. then at the end of the show, they're like, "All right, everybody with the stars on your seats, statistically, you got the bubonic plague and you died, so oh, you have I to like leave it. right now. Right, That's <laughs> you right. all have to leave. Yeah, they bring out the cart and you have to lay on the cart." <laughs> Just a pile of people. <laughs> no humping. Strict no humping policy. So you lay well, I mean, if we're cart. workshopping, yeah, I don't think we, we. It doesn't need that. Okay, that's fair. Fair enough. But you lay on the corpse cart and the cart jam. I like. It. That's right. Yeah. Um, and then it saves you really from having to experience the rest of the show. Like you guys are lucky. Yeah, and then they ask everybody. Oh, okay. Sorry. Here's another thing about medieval time. <laughs> it takes place in Spain. You walk in and there's a big map of Spain, but everybody's speaking with an English accent. What? Well, well, now, maybe it's different in different locations. Why would you set it in Spain? It's, I mean, okay, sure, but why it's not like set either, it in either- England? Either- like they were doing English. Everybody was doing a fake English accent. Why would you not put the fucking thing in England? It's not like there aren't enough cities to pick from. It was the weirdest choice. Yeah, that that's the most like flabbergasted. I think I've heard your voice voice go. I was I was baffled because <laughs> you walk in and you think, oh, it's going to be like a bunch of you know England, Scotland, that kind of stuff, whatever. Uh, but instead they're like from Castilla y Leon and you're like, what, why, why would they put this in Spain? You know, like, mm-hmm. oh, it's j- just a, just confusing. I mean, and it doesn't affect the story at all as far as I can tell. Also, yeah. well then, then it's like, okay, if we're in Spain in medieval times, it's like, great. Now everybody's thinking about the inquisition. Cool. What a cool, <laughs> fun time for kids. Well, I think that's when they start their spinoff themed entertainment restaurant. That's yeah, Inquisition. The Inquisition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my Good God. luck with that one. Yeah. 
Because my other, when we were talking about the reason I thought about that was my other punch up would be they ask someone, hey, everyone who's not a Christian, raise your hand. And then a guy dressed <laughs> as a priest comes out and beats the crap out of you. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty good. No. Well, anyway, that was my take on medieval times. It had been a while since I've been there, but, uh, I had a good time, despite <laughs> all the bullshit. I almost feel like you had a better time because you had so much fuel of things you could hate. You know what? Yes, I certainly had a more memorable time. And But it gets back to the thing that we have talked about before and that there was a recent lovely late night animated about. I don't like fun. Things that people think are fun, I don't like it. And what can I say? I got to be me. Yeah, I think... I think that's a fair summation. You hate having fun. I hate having fun. Fun um, isn't fun. And you folks at home, I hope that you didn't have any fun listening to this mini-sode. If you start Not having fun, let us know and we'll kick you off the Patreon. <laughs> if you start having fun, stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's our entertainment philosophy. Entertainment? Intern, yeah. All right, All bye right. everybody. See ya. back once again totally um the week that you are currently listening to this is totally the week that we recorded it and not right after we recorded the previous week's wink fresh content that's what you get here topical uh timely sexy (laughs) that that you know what that's our cable news uh like (laughs) slogan timely sexy topical late night (laughs) That's us. Down to the minute content. I'll tell you about the hot new book I just finished reading, Panin by Nabokov. Which <gasps> really? Was just which one is published this? Uh, 60 years ago or whatever. <laughs> um, this is, uh, so this is, it is a, it's a short book. It's under 200 pages. Uh, it is the one, I believe it was right before Lolita, I think. Um, and it's about a, you're never going to believe this about a Russian, uh, immigrant to America who is a college professor who teaches basically Russian at a small liberal arts college. And he's a good guy, but he's pretty clueless. And, uh, if I read, if what I read was correct, this book was what kind of launched Nabokov into the zone of like of fame we basically made him famous mm. uh i i had always thought of it as a as a minor work which is why i hadn't read it until uh now but it was in a bookstore i mean this is actually like two years ago <laughs> i was in a bookstore and i got it because i was like oh i've never read that one um and like all nabokov things it's awesome and weird and the language is just you know every other page you're looking up a new word because yes. you're like, what? I've never heard of that. Um, or there's, you know, a paragraph in French that you're like, okay, well, I don't speak French and he's not translating it. So I guess fuck me. Uh, yeah, you, you really got to work for, for Nabokov. Yeah. 
but it, it's fun. It was an easy read. Uh, a lot of kind of, it's basically a satire of academic life, which I'm a sucker for. Of course. Uh, and uh, it's, it was, it was fun. I would, I would recommend it. Um, although the, the ending is definitely like, it just, I don't know. I maybe have to read it again, but it was one of those endings where I was like, uh, okay, I guess we're done. Um, yeah. Invitation to a beheading is, uh, pretty similar. Uh-huh. Have you read that one? No. It's, uh, it's pretty fun. It, it's Nabokov at his most Sartre. Um, uh-huh. it's is pretty it- cute. Was it written in English or is it a translation? Um, I'm pretty, I, I think it's a translation. Uh, I think but Pan- Panin that, might have been his first English one. I'm not sure. Though. Um, yeah, Invitation to a Beheading is just like this guy is on death row and he's stuck in a cell and he knows he's going to die, but none of the people in the prison will tell him when he's going to die. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And every single person in the prison is the most annoying person possible. <laughs> and it's just like a real um, existential comedy of errors. So it's Twitter. What? Oh, boom. Dropped a bomb. Got him. Invitation yeah. to a beheading. I would use Twitter more if it was called invitation to a beheading. It should be. Well, now that beheading. Jack Dorsey is stepping down, they should rename the site. Invitation to a beheading. Yes. Right. <laughs> um, topical. See? Topical. Topical humor. That's what you To get. the minute. Now that that was probably two weeks ago, <laughs> based on when this will be out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, speaking uh, of. Yes. Here's my hopscotch of topics okay. um, from last episode. Hopscotch. Hopscotch. Yes. New segment. Um, so combining my question to you about OJ and also our discussion of the art world, um, there is a, uh, series of photos that is like one of my favorite, uh, pieces of art. And I forgive me if I've discussed this on this show before, but, um, it's in memory of the late Mr. And Mrs. Comfort by Richard Avedon. Oh, well, I love Richard Avedon. I mean, you know, yeah. classic photographer, just a you know, what a career of uh, the famous and the non-famous alike. But yes, so I did not know. I haven't encountered his work a lot, um, but in reading the OJ book, I didn't realize that he had like a little uh, bit part, so to speak, in the OJ trial fiasco. Um, and it oh, was I, I didn't remember this. I don't know, he flew in to took a portrait of uh, Robert Shapiro, who was mm-hmm. the defense attorney, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it was more so just a footnote in a story about <laughs> Robert Shapiro just shamelessly exploiting the media on that case. Um, but anyway, I just dropped you a link to In Memory of the Late Mr. and Mrs. Comfort. Which, I'm looking. Let's see. Is this the New York? I was just. No. Okay. Here it is. Bam. Okay. Great. Oh yeah, it is. There's a new. It's based on a. It's it's from a New Yorker article, which is here, which I should be able to see with my subscription. Oh, I have never read the article that it is supposedly uh, a part of. Well, sometimes with the New Yorker, it's not an article. It's just a collection of photos. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, well, and of course. My account is not logging me in. Uh, whatever. All right. I'll just look at the photos here. All right. Well, this is cool. Right. 
Wow. Will you describe them for people listening? All right. So it is uh, a woman with a uh, skeleton, and they are doing a bunch of various things. And she is hanging out with this skeleton. Let's see. What's she doing with it? She's giving a little, little sweet kiss on the cheek here. It looks like possibly a real human skeleton. Uh, here she is smoking. Uh, so, and her cigarette is being lit by some burning money the skeleton's holding. Here, she's having sex with the skeleton in a doorway or something. Uh, now they're doing art stuff, jumping through flames. This flame one has been my lock screen since I was like in high school. <laughs> but the skeleton in the red suit? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, and these are all photographs? Mm-hmm. Yes, these are photographs. Um, so she looks pretty dolled up and fancy in most of these, as does the skeleton for that matter. Uh, here Mm -hmm. she is breastfeeding a baby doll where the skeleton, which is clearly supposed to be her and the skeleton's child. Uh, now the skeleton's doing stuff. Looks like their relationship might be having some problems here. Mm. He is groveling at her. I say he, but uh, because the skeleton's clothing is, well, it also says Mr. and Mrs. Comfort, so I think that's a fair reading here. Um, yeah, he's groveling at her feet in this. Oh, this is a cool one with the shard of the mirror. Mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, oh, the sho- shoveling the coal into the I'm chest is also a Looking at that favorite. one right now. Yeah, that's a good one. Almost have a boob in that one, too, which is always fun. Of course. Uh, Tasteful side boob. Tasteful side is exactly what that is. Uh, Oh, this last one, too, where she's in some kind of... What would you call that? that, Has that been painted on her? Uh, I think it's like a fishnet uh, stocking type situation. And the skeleton looks like Father Guido Sarducci from (laughs) SNL. He's wearing a big black hat with a wide brim and some kind of cloaky thing. I, um, I, I, I scrolled down to look at the comments, which I've never looked at the comments on this. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) that is pretty original (laughs) smiley face (laughs) from Anna. All caps skeleton sex FTW exclamation mark. Yes. Yeah, that was well. That definitely sounds like something. <laughs> How often does your brain say "skeleton sex" FTW in all? Oh, caps? Every, every day when I look all in the, the mirror, time, right? Yeah. Uh, Thank you for sharing these delightfully dark treats with us. Now, to those with pretensions to being picture makers, this is what making pictures is all about. About oh, fucking okay. skeletons, yeah. yeah. These are some really, really amazing images. I'm always up for some sexually suggestive skeleton photos. Well, Alice, do I have the content for you? <laughs> yep. These are these are great comments. Yeah. I mean, they're all from like 2009, 2010, which yes. is, is an internet comment of a fine vintage. Yeah. Anyway, I, lo- I love these pictures. They're like the best. These and are every- great. It's everything I like. They're so, like, the composition on every single one of them is so dynamic and interesting. 
Um, yeah. The colors are cool. I, I feel like the only Avedon stuff I've seen is black and white. Yeah, uh, I'm not really familiar with his work beyond this singular uh, series. I mean, he, ma- mainly he's famous for his portraits, right? He has right. a lot of, uh, cla- I forget, I, you know, I'm trying to remember any uh, specifically like who he shot, but Marilyn I think it, lots of, lots of famous people. Uh, oh yeah. Marilyn Monroe. Right. Uh, did he did some Versace stuff? Maybe Warhol. Okay. I thought there was Warhol. Yeah. All right. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a lot of respect for photography and photographers because it's just something that is like not, there's so much involved in it. And I think everyone assumes that it's, I mean, not everyone assumes, but like, Oh, you just point and you take a picture. No, no. So much shit goes into that. I mean, as with any art thing, it's easy to point at it and be like, Oh, you do that. It's easy. Well, and even more so if you're doing like the full developing stuff, I mean, obviously digital photography is a whole challenge into, you know, in and unto itself. But When you're developing that shit in a dark room too, that's a whole other fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just scrolling through the Google images of uh, Richard Avedon's stuff. I saw a big exhibit of his stuff in San Francisco, probably like 15 years ago or something. At the was it the MoCA, the MoMA, whatever the Museum of Modern Art is. Mm. Uh, there, it was really. I mean, they were like huge portraits. It was. Uh, really memorable and cool. I love that. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what other, there are definitely photographers that I really particularly like, and now I can't think of any of their names. Uh, one I like, Carlton Watkins. Look up that name. Ooh. These are yep. beautiful. Yep. Wow. Pictures of the American West. And from, I think, is this 19th, early 20th century? Yeah. Uh, and just incredible. like incredible pictures of mostly the Western part of this country uh, before they became super populated. And there's just really, really cool landscape. Uh, yeah. They're very like ghostly. Right. I love it. Some of these. These, you know, it's like weird mountains just sticking up from the middle of nowhere. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, if if I want to be really, really basic about photographers, uh, Diane Arbus. Sure. Are you a Mapplethorpe person? Uh, uh, hold on. Maybe I am. Hold if on. you love hot dicks, then there's a lot oh, of Mapplethorpe. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. This is great because I'm putting names to images that I did not know. Yes, mm-hmm. of course. Very into this shit. Yeah, I figured. <clears throat> uh, yeah, who are the other like low-hanging fruit? Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Why? Of course, now I'm having a total blank. I know. This is uh, like another one. This I'm is going on my Pinterest. Yeah. Uh, the, when I think of Mapplethorpe, I think of a an onion article, which I believe all I remember is I think it was Jesse Helms, you know, a famous conservative Christian who it was something like uh, 
Jesse Helms demands more NEA funding for Mapplethorpe. And the Jesse Helms quote was, quote, give me more of those hot, hot cocks. <laughs> so now whenever I think of Mapplethorpe, I think of give me more of those hot, hot cocks. Amen. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm finding nothing on my Pinterest other than a bunch of pictures of uh, beautiful women, mm-hmm. which like, yeah, got them. Cool. Uh, okay, our talk complete. Done. We got it. Name we any we other both artists. run Done. out of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, have you played Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity? No. I'm playing it right now, and I have never wanted to be done with a game so badly. This game goes on for fucking ever. Oh my god! Why, why is it so it? long? Why? Why do I keep playing it? Because well, I put it down for like six months, and then when I was uh, I recently finished. Oh, I didn't talk about this on the show. Uh, I played the uh, Switch re-release from a couple years ago of Katamari Damacy, <gasps> uh, which is great. And Audrey was very excited by it. You're rolling up that chicken, you know that kind of stuff. Oh, uh, that's the best. It's so when she was like, "Oh, you're rolling up buildings. You're so big," you know, it was so funny. Uh, yeah. She thought it was really great, and also the soundtrack just rules. Oh um, man. Yeah, I'm sure we have to have had discussed this before, but when I went to MAGFest, which is where I met like uh, all the Grumps folks in Vernon for the first time, they did it. The musicians did a panel and we all went and like everybody uh, in the in the crowd sang the Katamari Damashi like theme song together. It was really adorable. It's so great. Um, uh, Yeah, so I finished that and I was like, well. Uh, new game time. What are, what are we doing here? And I realized that I had not completed Hyrule Warriors in part because it goes on so long. It's like there's a million things to do. Uh, and I was like, okay, let me just go back to that. I thought I had one more thing to do and I don't. And I'm just like, because I am in my heart a completist. I want to finish this fucking thing so I never have to think about it again. And I have no idea how close I am. Now, I could look it up. I think maybe now I have one more thing. Uh, but, oh, my God. I'm just, What's the, like, bit of the game? It's it's a one-to-many combat thing. So you play as one character, and you can take out, like, you know, 30 enemies at a time. So Sounds stressful. You're just, like, super-powered uh, combat. And it's kind of, like, that bit is fun. Cause you're just like mowing bacoblins and shit down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that, you know, I do like that. And you get to like, you know, for all the fucking, the, the one kind of bummer part about breath of the wild. Did you play breath of the wild? Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't so, beat it, but I definitely put my 60 hours in or whatever. Um, I did beat it and I then hundred percent at all the shrines. I'm not bragging. I'm just stating facts. And, uh, the thing about that is for all the fucking walking around in the divine beasts, you mm-hmm. never get to like pilot them, right? Mm-hmm. Like they, you fix them and then they shoot their laser beams at uh, Hyrule castle. Sure. In this game, you get to fucking stomp around as the lizard and, you know, do the elephant and like pilot and, you know, shoot lasers and shit. And it, That's that part cool. is pretty dope. I, I, I did enjoy stomping enemies you know as a giant uh camel or whatever yeah Uh, i i 
played far, like I've put a good amount of time into Breath of the Wild and I just haven't even tried a single one of the Divine Beasts. Oh, like, really? Yeah. Yeah. There's like a level of stress involved with like actually progressing in that game that I'm just not here for. I just want to get to the top of the mountain and then paraglide off the top of the mountain. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. Fair. I mean, that well, the great part about that game is you can totally do that and it's just as legit. Yeah. Cook stuff. Break yep. swords. Yep. I did somehow find the, the the whole convoluted thing where you have to go through the forest and like follow the way that the uh, flames are blowing to get the master oh, sword. Yes, 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 yes. In Karak uh, forest, yes. Yes. Yeah. I should pick that back up fun. again. So I it's, stop just playing Animal Crossing. It, it, honestly, it is one of my favorite games of all time. It is just such a beautiful, fun game. Uh, I, I really, really love it. Uh, and we got, well, so I got it. Uh, I did this, I believe I've talked about this on the show. I did an early switch event. And so I got a switch before it was out along with a copy of breath of the wild. So la dee da. Yeah. Look, so they wanted a team from grumps to go do this switch event. And it Mm. was me, Barry and Ross, I think, right. Pretty sure. Um, and then two teams from Smosh Games, uh, which is where I met Lasercorn, actually, for the first time, uh, who is now a good friend. And, uh, and and so we did this thing, and they, we, they had a – during the – they drove us around to different locations in L.A., which were based on or, or related to upcoming Switch games. So for ARMS, they took us to like a boxing ring. And stuff like this, and mm-hmm. then they we had to do events at the at the sites. Um, but while we were in transit, there were like to, to earn points, and we, the teams were competing at the various things. Uh, they gave us a demo copy of Breath of the Wild, which means that it reset every ten minutes. Oh, and you had to do things in it. So this is before we had played the game. So we didn't know some of the tricks, right? We're Mm -hmm. literally just walking around and it's like, you know, cook a blah, 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 defeat the stone talus, defeat blah, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. Um, it was very stressful to see this countdown. This entire thing sounds exhausting. It was tiring. It was very fun. Uh, actually my, here's my main memory of, uh, of this is we went to a farm for some fucking reason. Uh, and there was a donkey at the farm that had maybe the biggest penis I've ever seen <laughs> in the world. And I really mean maybe the biggest penis I've ever seen in the world. This thing was, I mean, feet long, it seemed. Right. Uh, and there's just a group of you know YouTubers staring at this donkey <laughs> with this giant erect penis. And this, I mean, it was full on. I mean, it was out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what it was doing was it was taking its dick and slapping it against its stomach. And we were like, what is going on here? And someone's <laughs> like, oh. Sponsored by Nintendo. Yeah, right. And someone's like, oh, it's jerking off. That's how they do that. <laughs> and I, by the way, I have not verified this. I don't know if this is true, but it is plausible. Uh, and we were like, what? This do- We're watching this donkey pleasure itself. <laughs> Uh, I'll just standing in this farm waiting for whatever event is going to happen to happen. Uh, And oh my God, it was amazing. I mean, definitely a high point. I was like, I've made it. 
because I'm watching a donkey jerk off and this thing's dick is unreal. I might even have a picture of it somewhere. Don't uh, send that to me because uh, I don't want it on my phone, but you should send it to me because I want to see. Well, let me see if I can find when would this have, I have to look up. <laughs> Are you just going to go on your phone and search donkey dick? You know what? Let me see what happens. I'm going to do that right now. Oh God. Uh, my, my related, there's something about, um, donkey dick. when I find myself in times of trouble, sometimes an animal with an erect penis, uh, is just really, there, there's no man. I'm digging a hole. Uh, no, go for it. You know what? One, is this it? Oh, wait a minute. Did you find it? No, those are ponies. Sorry. Continue. Oh, different large dicks. Uh, but what's interesting is I type donkey into the phone and it recognized animals that are vaguely donkey shaped. So, <laughs> anyway, all right. Keep going. That's a good start. Uh, oh, wow. when I was in when I was in high school, our dear beloved dog um that my mother named after Quentin Tarantino uh or rather I don't whatever she didn't name him quentin tarantino his name was already quentin and she had wanted to name a dog mr pink and we went to adopt blah 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 god who cares anyway i'm in high school and this dog is old now Wait, and your dog's name was quentin or mr pink quentin okay which to my mom seeing as she wanted to name a dog after reservoir dogs because it was a dog uh she wanted to name him mr pink so then when we went to look at dogs that were up for ado adoption there was one named quentin and that dog really like walked over to my mom and put his head on her feet. And so my mom was like, we're impulse adopting this dog. Cause that's a sign. Mm -hmm. But he, he was the best fucking dog in the world. Um, rest cool. in peace, Quentin. Anyway, when he was still alive and this is not what killed him <laughs> to be clear, uh, he got hit by a car and was fine. Oh, oh but, good. Okay, great. But me and my dad were freaking the fuck out. Um, and we took him to the vet. It was like the middle of the night and we did not know if he was going to be okay or not. Um, and so we were waiting to hear back from the vet, uh, and also just to avert any stress that may associate, uh, you may associate with an animal being harmed in this story. It was just, he was bleeding because he got like road rash. Like he did not actually get run over, run over. He just okay, kind of like went good, good. under the car. Anyway, we didn't know that at this point. And so me and my dad just feeling grim as hell are sitting in this disgusting, like little emergency vet. And the only, only other people there, it's an old guy and then a dog. It's like a boxer or something. And the dog's sitting there and the dog has truly the largest, most erect penis. <laughs> oh, and a like, dog penis is really an experience too. <laughs> oh, <coughs> God. Um, and so it was just so, so nightmarish. And both my dad and I are like, you know, we've kind of been on off crying. And I know that both of us see the dog dick and we're the only other people there. So if we laugh, that guy's going to know. Mm -hmm. um, so it was both of us just like trying desperately to not laugh uh, as we're just like out of our minds with stress, staring at this other dog's like, clearly the reason that they were at the emergency vet is because that dog had an erection that lasts longer than six hours or whatever. Wow. This really did become the animal dick mini. Oh, I found pictures from the farm, by the way. But you didn't find uh, the donkey dick. Well, I'm looking. No, I don't think I took a picture of the donkey dick. We're past the farm now. God damn it. Yep. I bet okay. Nintendo got their pictures. No, no donkey dicks. Oh, well. 
It was worth a shot, though. Oh, here's a cute picture of Audrey. That's oh. nice. Um, yeah, well, I hope that guy's dog dick thing worked out. <laughs> yeah. And Quentin uh, lived for several more years after that. So. You know what? I, I want to verify this story. Do donkeys masturbate? This is... I think it would be fair to say that like all okay. animals masturbate. Oh, here's an article from Slate. Uh, let's see. Uh, let me find horse. Do you think animals have no, not November? Oh yeah. Here we go. Horses and donkeys whose masturbatory habits have been particularly well studied by me. Engage. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, engage in quote, rhythmic bouncing, pressing or sliding of the erect penis against the abdomen. So yeah. Male deer do the same. And let me tell you, I just clicked on that link because it oh, says it's that it's dead. a PDF and dead it's dead. Link. Dead link. Well, now, well, now I have to Google horse masturbation. Horse masturbation. Mm. Uh, wait. Mm-mm-mm. All right, enter. Mm-mm. That's not going to go good. Uh, luckily, I'm not clicking on video, which. Don't do that. Uh, uh, oh, 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 no. I scrolled too far down. <laughs> uh, is it throwing you like mr hands research there, there's there's some titles of some videos that i'm not very excited about all right uh, well let's stop talking about oh no no wait okay bu- 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 i found a paper <laughs> i found a paper here okay is it uh, peer-reviewed uh it looks like it this is from 2009 it's about feral horses let's see a typical okay. Here I'm going to put the the link in the chat. Okay, great. There you go. And uh, to quote, a typical comfort behavior for feral horse males is masturbation, which is expressed when a horse flexes his erect penis against his abdomen. So yeah, this, this behavior is, is not expressed in conjunction with a nearby female, and should not be confused with the penis drop. Observe when a male is reproductively tending a female. Okay, so it's a separate thing. Are all these well, things at the bottom ones that are referencing this? It looks uh, like the citations. Yeah, wow. Like, yeah. Yes, these cite this article. Yes, indeed. I love that. Actually, just like hey, everyone, here's oh, here, our he, source. This article about uh, horse, yeah. horse, horse is jerking it. So the paper we're looking at is called Quantifying Equid Behavior, a Research Ethogram for Free-Roaming Feral Horses by Ransom and Cade. And I'll read you the abstract. Can you imagine if your last name was Ransom? Yeah. I feel like it would force you to go into a field in which you would be writing papers about horse masturbation, which, to be clear, is way more respectable than being a podcast person talking about animal masturbation. Yeah, but who's having more fun? Uh, okay, here's the abstract. Feral horses are globally distributed in free-roaming populations on all continents except Antarctica and occupy a wide range of habitats, including forest, grassland, desert, and montane environments. Montane? Never heard the word used like that. Uh, the largest populations occur in Australia. Okay, they're not going to talk about jerking off in this abstract, so I'm going to stop reading it. I, all right, great. I'm not going to – I looked up on Google Scholar just like uh, – you know, never mind. No, <laughs> never tell mind. Me. No, we don't need to keep plumbing this uh, hole. That's not what I wanted to say. This is a USGS paper. Wow. 
What does that mean? Uh, United States uh, Geological Survey. Oh. Yeah. Um, Dope. Anyway. Let's look up master. No. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, that was a picture. We were looking at a picture of a horse jerking off, Layden. Do you understand me? That picture you were looking at? Oh, in the article? Yeah. Here. No, no, I see it. I see it. Because, I mean, is that, I was assuming that uh, our our friend has a little drip situation. It's hard to tell. I see. I didn't realize. I thought that was just an unrelated picture of a horse. I see. I see. I see. That's great. That's good to know. Yeah. Well, hey, everyone. Hope you're enjoying uh, the content that you paid for on this Patreon account in which we are just whatever the fuck this is. There are actually some pretty dope pictures of horses in this paper. These are, wow. Yeah. I love it. Oh, they roll around. I know. I was just looking at that. They roll around. (laughs) Because I was like, what is that? Oh, it's an upside down horse. They're having fun. Yeah, I'm not sure I've ever seen a horse on its back. I don't think I have. Hold on. Horse rolling around? Here's a, oh, shit. Around. Here's a girl horse peeing. Now that's what daddy likes. Don't do this, Brian. I had had to, you have to admit, I had to do that. If I hadn't do it, hadn't do it, hadn't done it, people would be upset with me. You know, I, I'm not sure if I want to spoil this, but I was going to tell you that I'm really fighting for uh, the 99th episode cancellation special, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you've really pre- prematurely put us there. Uh-huh. Well, do you want to tell people about your idea? I can't tell people about the idea because that means I'm also going to tell you about the idea, and there are oh. elements of the idea that need to be a surprise to you. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So... Anyway, uh, everyone, the, the the sensational title of that episode is really to bring in the advertisers. It's like, you, you can't cancel us. We already canceled us no, prior here's to a, our 100th episode. Here's a good picture. It's a horse chasing another. And the caption says, chasing is a moderately intense form of agonism and is shown here along with an expression of imminent biting. Imminent biting. Well, I like a moderately intense form of agonism, which pretty much describes what I do. Yes. I'm obsessed with imminent biting, though. Yeah, that's good, too. Uh, Speaking of language things, here's a a construction I'm curious. I think I've heard you or seen you use this. Uh, Do you use the construction, it's the blank for me? Yeah, we've literally talked about this exact oh, we, thing. We have, okay. Yeah. Were you thinking about that in regards to horse? Dick? No, I, I was just thinking about that because I was. I, I'm always, you know, as we are both, always curious about language use, especially uh, differences between you and me, uh, due to mm-hmm. our age gap and other things. Um, and I was curious if that's something that rolls off your tongue naturally, or is that something you would only write? I think that's something that I would only right unless like there are things like that that are um internetisms that yeah. i will readily type but if i'm saying it out loud i am using it in the most sarcastic way possible of course um similar to the way that i might use the word girl boss mm-hmm. uh where if you hear it coming out of my mouth it really belies um an intense hatred for whatever i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. Uh, very cool. Well, we really, there's a lot of horse stuff happening here. Honestly, the pictures in this are pretty great. Yeah. I'll, I'll um, include a link to this. Uh, in, in the how episode. do we palate cleanse the horse stick? Uh, well, it's an odd choice of words, first of all. Um, let's see. What else? There's what else? no non odd choice of words. I've talked about digging holes, I've talked about palate cleansers. This is just uh-huh. this is just uh-huh. what my brain does, Brian. Oh, okay. I can talk more about an art thing I saw. So, when I was in Denver, I went to the Denver Art Museum. And next door to it, they have a uh, an entire museum, which is a smaller one, but devoted to a single artist, Clifford Still, who is an abstract expressionist uh, of whom uh, – Clifford with a Y, by the way, C-L-Y-F-F-O-R-D, uh, uh, who I had not actually embarrassingly heard of before, but essentially like a contemporary of Rothko and Pollock um, mm-hmm. and – uh, I, I love this museum. It was, so this guy kept very, he didn't title any of his work, but he cataloged it, uh, very carefully and kept, you know, a lot of details about it. And when he died, uh, in his will, he basically said, I'm going to give all my stuff, all of my collected works. And this was being administered by his, uh, his wife, uh, to whatever city, you know, promises they'll like house them and take care of them. And I forget what his conditions were, but basically, you know, a bunch of cities, uh, put themselves up for it and Denver was picked. And I don't know, 10 ish years ago, uh, maybe a little more, this museum opened devoted exclusively to the life and art of Clifford still. And it is awesome. I have never seen a museum that so, carefully documents first of all the, the, not only his life which there's extensive stuff about but the process of finding the works and figuring out what everything was while opening the museum so the museum is in some sense a museum about itself because that's very a lot fun of, context of oh we unrolled this and we didn't know what we were going to find and it looks like this was you know blah 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 because not everything was you know there were a few things that like fell through the cracks and stuff and it was a really really uh interesting museum also he did like kind of you know like a lot of uh those abstract expressionists of his day gigantic canvas works Mm -hmm. which are you know huge and uh and and just cool to be in the same room with yeah, uh, there, there's way more like uh, dynamism or the, mm-hmm. the, the way more dynamic than like a Rothko. Yes. Uh, now, it's like I, very I, interesting forms. Yeah, a lot of like, especially in I think the, the later stuff. So he starts off, there's a lot of kind of portraiture and, you know, very representational kind of stuff. And then, you know, at some point he goes very abstract and uh it gets there's a lot a lot of jagged stuff mm-hmm. happening um it, it not it, which is it's interesting it's kind of like a hybrid of pollock and rothko it's like kind of in the midpoint right mm-hmm. where pollock is just like fucking crazy you know just blops all over the place and rothko has these very subtle things going on and he's yeah. kind of in the middle yeah i had never heard of him before but this is really neat 
It, yeah, me, me neither. And uh, he's a major artist. You know, he had big uh, exhibitions, de- definitely well-known in the scene. Uh, at some point, he just removed himself from it because he was like, I'm done with this bullshit, uh, <laughs> which is very cool. And yeah, I loved it. The museum, it's like you can see the whole thing in like an hour. Yeah, it I was really that. astonishing and cool. And a cool like building too. So God, I, to say, I, I, I love impressed. art. Contrary to what I said 30 minutes ago or last week, whenever it was, I do love art. Yeah. And when you see a really good museum, oh man, it's just the best. Uh, like I, I love a good museum and I love the weird like house museums kind of stuff. They're oh all yeah. Quirky and interesting. Uh, you know, in London in particular, there's like a ton of those. Uh, but then you get like the big, cool modern art museums like this, or like the Tate Modern, uh, or something like that, which are, man, I just the the sense of scale really works. Yeah, me. yeah. It's it's when you're in front of a big ass painting, or if it's like I did not realize how big this painting was, or there, I I always think about um. Starry Night, which any the two times that I've seen it in person, I've just been like overwhelmingly pissed off at the way that people treat a super famous painting in a museum, mm. which is oh, it's the crowd worst. around it to take a picture, even though you've yeah. only ever seen this thing in pictures. Yeah. Pisses me off. Go look at it. Go fucking look at the <laughs> go look at the texture. When you see that thing in person, stand up next to it and or or to wherever you want, but like try to experience the part that you can't experience on a screen. It's like, this is the most famous, one of the most famous paintings ever. Do you really think the picture that you take with your cell phone is going to be better than decades yeah. of high quality? Drives me nuts. Anyway, but seeing it in person, it is so vibrant. Like you don't get that from pictures of it yeah. until you see it. And it is just like, it really pops at you. I cried in front of that one. Thanks a yeah. lot, Van Gogh. Well, that that's something, especially with, I noticed this a lot in the Clifford Still stuff, the textural aspect of it is so important to the work and yet is almost totally lost in any 2d representation of it. Right. Yeah. And so when you see this stuff in front of you, you can, I mean, you could obviously get close to, it, you can get further away. Wait, there's lots of different ways to look at it and no one is right or wrong, but see, being able to experience the texture of these paintings, as well as the, the way the colors quote unquote actually look, uh, whatever that means, yeah, uh, is is so crucial to seeing it in person. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, well yeah, th- we really. Oh, th- this is the uh, just to say this one other thing. Please, I uh, I read you a quote from Clifford Still, which I really liked, or I showed this to you, which I want to read to people here because it really it stuck it stood out stood out. Oh, stood that's out what me. it was from. Okay. Yes. It I did stood not out to me that. enough that I was like, oh, shit, this rules. Uh, let me find it. Where is it? Um, oh, I'm so close. It's almost there. That's a dog I hung out with. Okay, here we go. All right, so this is uh, a quote from Clifford Still where he says, Black was never a color of death or terror for me. I think of it as warm and generative, which I love. Yeah. Uh, and And I think is something I had not quite put my finger on. Uh, I tend to wear a lot of, a lot of black and Mm -hmm. I don't think of it as macabre. I think of it as, Oh, this color rules. No. And it's, it's, it's like 
well, this is a great base to work from. It looks great by itself. And any other color you put on top of it, it's just like a nice accent. Like you kind of can't go wrong. Yeah. And also you could say, oh, but what about white clothing? Yeah, well, uh, I'm a woman who eats food in my life and Mm. I want to wipe it on my pants. Yeah. (laughs) Girl boss of me. Yeah. Um, The white clothing is a no-go. I can't girl boss or gaslight or gatekeep in that effectively. The only white clothing I wear, apart from the occasional, occasional shirt, uh, is the white suit I wear when I'm on, when I'm my saxophone playing character, Trey Magnifique. <laughs> I am very tempted. Now I have not done this, but I'm very tempted. So have you seen this suit? Sure. No. What? No, I have not. Oh, come. Are you kidding me? No. Uh, One of I... our mutual friends referenced your sax alter ego and I did not know what he was talking about. And now I know. Really? Yes. Okay, hold on. I'm going to send you a picture. Of it's this. important that this is captured in. Uh, well, this is not, you can't see the full suit here. This is just a, like a chest up thing. Uh, here, I'm sending this to you now. I'm texting it to you. Okay, fabulous. Maybe this will send, unlike. The links from before. Oh my God. <laughs> yep. So, So that has white pants that go with it. Right. And no shirt. Yeah, no shirt. So that's that's the bit with this character is it's sunglasses and then a white suit, white suit jacket, no shirt underneath it, and white pants and white shoes. So mm. the bit I am tempted to do with this is to never wash it. <laughs> <laughs> and so over the years, and hopefully they'll be touring and blah, 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 mm-hmm. uh, is this thing just gets grosser and dirtier and grimier as I get older and grayer and everything. That's that I'm very tempted to do it. Yeah. I think that's that's a solid artistic decision. And then you don't have to worry about anyone getting near you or your saxophone because you yeah. will have like a radius of stank. The yeah. stank radius, if oh, you will. Oh, jazz is dirty. <laughs> you could also just like before any show, just douse yourself in like KY jelly or Crisco. Oh, I like that. And then that's the real Lost Boys look. Just like, I don't think you're legally yeah. allowed to play a saxophone unless you reach a certain like grease quotient on your person. There is. I am very tempted. Uh, oh, here, actually, here's a better picture of the full suit. Oh, um, please. I'll the apparently there's a new documentary about Kenny G coming out soon because I just really? heard uh Sharpling interview the director Penny Lane on the best show. And I a very much want to see it, but I also want to talk to her because she was awesome. And maybe we'll reach out and see if uh Ooh. she'll be on the show. Okay, so I still only me. have the one picture. Well, I just I just oh. sent it. Wait for it. Oh my god. Oh my God. This brings me much joy. Not because of you in it, but because no, of what of is happening in the background. Yeah. It's Phobos high fiving. I don't even know who he's high fiving. Somebody. So this yeah. was like an additorp show. Who's is that is that Hav's hand? That is Hav's uh yep, that is Hav's hand. You can see his his white spikes. 
Contrary to what I just said, I actually love this whole photo. The, the backlighting on uh, what is it, Trey Magnifique? <laughs> that's that's his name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The backlighting is like gorgeous. Yeah, that's I, someone uh, took that, and I don't know who. Uh, but yeah, that's wonderful. Oh yep, man. Yep, yep. Well, that well, minisode really yep. did span, I think, the full ideological breadth of life. Late in night. Yeah. <laughs> uh horses jerking off to abstract expressionism to my saxophone playing alter ego Trey Magnifique. Excellent name, by the way. Thank you. All right, folks. It's T-R-E-Y, if you must know. Huh? It's not T-R-E-S, as you'd say it in French. It's T-R-E-Y, Trey. I get that, yeah. Yeah, I'm just just saying. It's a little edgier. Hell yeah. Um, Okay. Well. (laughs) Click. All right, people at home, uh, you know. Leighton Night is produced by Brian Wecht, Leighton Gray, and Jarek Centeno. Follow us on Twitter at Leighton Night, on Instagram at Leighton underscore Night, or email us at LeightonKnight at gmail.com. <laughs>